Hello and welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. My name is Tony Clark. Uh, today I've got the privilege of having Katera Washington Patton on the program. And let me tell you a little bit about Katera. She's an award-winning author and is a senior editor at Our Daily Bread Publishing. She's also the author of many books, including her latest, Navigating the Blues, Where to Turn When Worry, Anxiety, or Depression Steal Your Hope. In this 90-day devotional, she openly shares her personal experience with the blues. She offers hope through practical steps and godly wisdom that have helped her and many others find freedom from worry, anxiety, and depression. So, Katera, thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you for having me, Tony. Well, it's a pleasure on my end. Mm -hmm. So, Katera, I love to hear journeys of individuals, how they got to where they are today, but this book, this latest book that you've written, and you've written many books, but this book about the blues, tell me a little bit about how, how your journeys to this. Uh, what facilitated writing this book? If you could just fill me in on that information. Absolutely, Tony. I usually start off by saying, and I, when I first did a speech on dealing with depression, I was like, I didn't set out to become a depression speaker or a depression out, um, advocate. Yeah. When I found myself unable to function like I used to function over a prolonged period of time, I realized I was depressed. And this was primarily about 20 years ago that I've been dealing with this. Um, just that numb feeling. Um, I knew who I was and I knew what I liked to do. And those things were not just coming to me so naturally anymore. It was a struggle to get out of bed. And oftentimes after I did what I absolutely had to do after work, I just came home and I went to sleep. And so I knew something was happening, um, some things externally in my life, as well as something chemically and internally happening. So that's how I ended up on my journey through therapy, primarily psychotherapy, which was amazing for me and which has continued to be my main medicine. Um, but I also encountered really good-hearted people who said some pretty awful things, especially about my faith. Um, mm -hmm. I never will forget the young woman who I said, I think I'm going to go see a therapist. And she was a really, really, really good friend. And she said, all you need is Jesus and your Bible. And that really struck me because I had Jesus and I had my Bible and I was still depressed. And, and so um, after going through several bouts of this and more recovery, I realized this was a, a subject we needed to be talking about in the faith community. The idea that faith and depression, anxiety, stress, worry can exist in the same space is real. And I think we do a disservice when we say it can't be because you have people struggling and people who know they have faith, people who pray, people who hang on to the word of God, but still have those issues. Um, I wanted them to know that they were seen, that they were heard, and to share some things I went through to get to where I am and continue because it, it can be used as a therapy. Sometimes I have blue days still. Sometimes I um, will have prolonged days of, of depression. Depression is usually symptomatic, but it can be also hereditary. It can be, you know, different things happening in life. So I'm not going to say that I won't ever have depression again. I'm thankful, and that's what I write about, for the tools I've learned to use in this journey on coping with it. Yeah, Katera, you mentioned a couple of things I'd like to to go back to and touch on. Mm -hmm. You had you've got a very successful biography. You've got a very mm -hmm. successful resume, yeah. and most importantly, you've got Jesus. So, um, 
speak about that from from a I guess from a Christian's perspective. We think that um, if you've got Christ, certainly Christ is all that we need. But at the same time, you've got a successful career. And from the outside, people would ask you, why are you depressed? Why, why are you going through bouts of depression when you've got all of these things going for you? Absolutely. And that's a common response. And that's a common question for people who don't understand it. And truth be told, Tony, I may have been one of those people 23, 25 years ago saying, hey, you got the Lord. You know to pray. You know what God has done for you. I have testimonies. I can tell you what God has done in my life, what Jesus has done in my life definitively. Um, Yet there was this numb, harsh, gray cloud type of feeling that I know is real, that I know I tried to shake. I tried to just shake out of it, just snap out of it. People say that a lot. And I keep saying, if you, if it were that easy, don't you think I would have done it? If it were that easy for someone else dealing with this, don't you think they would have done this? It's almost um, as if Jesus talking to the men, do you want to get well? Of course, <laughs> the answer is yes. No one wants to walk around like that. But here I was, like you said, a successful career. And truth be told, I think that happens to some people who expect certain things. I went through life getting basically what I expected. I told one person, I got great grades. I got the scholarships to school. I got the friends. I was I was homecoming queen in high school. I was in the sorority in college. You know, I, of course, I didn't have a life of total luxury getting everything I wanted. But from the outside looking in, it looks like I did have it all together. I had jobs. I never went more than a few weeks without a job. I got the jobs I wanted. I got the jobs in my field. Um, but yet, there was this nagging thing. Some of it can come from when you're used to getting everything you've set out to get, high achievers. Some of it can come from burnout. Some of it can come from unmet expectations because that's life, right? And we have those. Some of it, again, can be genetic. It could be chemical. It could be my hormones, um, postpartum. There's so many different things, and I'm not here to diagnose that because I'm not the doctor. But there are so many things that can really point to anxiety and depression, and that's really what mental health awareness is all about, helping us understand that what we see, we may not fully grasp until we have to go through it or until we're reading about it or we're exposed to it. There's so many people grappling with a mental health issue that is couched as something else or that, um, you know, people don't know what to tell them how to deal with it. So, yeah, as a successful person, I like to think I am successful. I call myself successful. But even in the midst of that, I found myself grappling with depression. Katera, what do you think the stigma is? Because I I think most of the listeners and watchers are probably uh, believers. They're they're within the body of Christ. What, but there's a stigma, I think, within the church, within the body of Christ for mental illness or, or, or depression. Uh, where do you think that comes from? Because someone told you, and I'm paraphrasing, that all you need Jesus and all you need is Jesus and maybe your Bible. Right. And, and, right. and that's true. We certainly need that for eternal security and for our mm-hmm. very life. But why do you think there's a stigma, I, I guess my question is, within the church about yeah. seeking help for mental uh, trouble? 
I think it's a couple of reasons, and these are my thoughts on it. Primarily, it's we are taught that God is our answer. God is our healer. So what is there to be depressed about? There's slogans and sayings, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Um, When I first heard that, I was annoyed by that slogan because we're still stressed. And I'm not trying to erase away what prayer can do, what the power of faith can do, because you should have faith. I believe you should pray often and pray without ceasing and put your trust in God. And I do believe God answers prayers and can take take away those ailments. But at the same time, it's just like if I had a physical ailment, if I broke my leg, would you stand there and say, oh, God will fix it? Or would you go to the doctor and say, we're going to pray that the doctors do their best to fix your leg. I think that happens in the, that happens in the physical realm. It doesn't help happen when we have mental illness because we see that as a stigma. We see that as something to be ashamed of. We sometimes think it's just an attitude issue, right? That's, that's where the peace comes from. Snap out of it. Be blessed. Look at all of your blessings. Of course, I'm still looking at all of my blessings, but something's imbalanced here. I'm having an issue. And it can be, I in the book, I even say, it's just like a cold in a lot of ways. When I have a cold, it's okay for me to take a nap. It's okay for me to drink extra water. It, it's okay for me to even skip my... Um, my workout. I don't go to school. I don't go to work. I don't go around people. A cold is treated. I'm not looked at as having less faith because I'm taking vitamin C, right? Or I'm taking some type of medicine for my cold. Yet, when I do the same thing for a mental illness, I'm seen as weak. I'm seen as not having faith. I'm seen as whatever, but it's still related to my health. And I need to do what I need to do to have my mental illness, mental illness and mental wellness in place. For me, it includes prayer. It includes meditation. It includes trusting and talking to God. But it can also include other things. Yeah, and it's, it's very, um, very important. I, I think that you mentioned you gave the comparison to a, a physical ailment that we all get and our, 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 our organs get sick. You know, we break our arms or legs and they need physical healing. Uh, and I, I think our brain is no different than that. So I'm, I'm glad that you, you, you dig into that, that they're, yes. they're, they're very similar, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I believe a lot of, um, and to your question of why is the Christian community just not on board with that a lot of times. And I think it's because we have shame around it. Um, it's okay to have a broken leg. It's okay to have, it's okay to have some of these major illnesses, right? Because that happens. We recognize with age, with time that can happen, but mental illness is just seen as weak, as other than, and, and I love the opportunity, even though it was very painful, I love having the opportunity to speak about it and to share about it and the compassion that has come in my life because I suffered with it, is I feel the difference in me. So I know when other people can really understand some of the things happening with people, our compassion will increase and we'll be able to help people and maybe help people not be ashamed of being, you know, dealing with different things that related to our mental health. Very, very good advice. And uh, one of the things I noticed about this book, and I, I, 
I'm, uh, I'm observing if I can talk today, is that um, the primary audience doesn't have to be female only. It doesn't have to be women only. Men struggle with this as well. Absolutely. And I see this book as, as to, to the male and the female. Absolutely. And it's written in a very um, informal style. I am um, very down to earth. I, I'm not high in terms of usage of high language or big words. It's written to the common everyday person. I think some of the examples can really speak to, like you said, both men and women. My copy editor was a male who I happened to work with, and it was really nice to to talk with him about what he saw in the book. And even he was like, yeah, I've seen some of these things. This is real. So that was helpful. Well, again, I I know folks uh, within the church that have struggled with mental illness, and I I think this book would certainly help them in those areas as well. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm curious, uh, Kateri, what type of research did you do for this book? Well, the main research I did was my life story. Um, Like I said, I um, probably about 20 years ago is when I woke up and said, I need to go get a therapist. I, um, and I walked with her for several years and even went back to her. Some years I stopped going. Some years I made a telephone call during the pandemic. I did a telephone call with her. Um, And then I also did research through talking to other people I after I realized I had depression, I read every article there was on depression, some from magazines, some formal research as well. But then um, really most of it came from my own experiences, particularly with my therapist, with my friends, with what worked and what didn't work. So scripturally, I um I have an MDiv, so I went to seminary, and we talk a lot in seminary, ironically, about lamenting and the Psalms. So some of the material I pulled and put into the book came from those actual discussions where I I learned about what a lament is, and I learned about um, how the psalmists, really a lot of those were laments and cry, people crying out to God. So that's kind of where my research much of it is my own experience. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, you mentioned there some, I think in your book, you talk about some biblical characters that had some mental struggles uh, as well, had some depression struggles. Can you talk about that? Oh, sure. And I I think after going through it myself, Tony, I've learned to look at things with different lenses. Um, Most people know this, most Bible scholars are people who really are into their Bible know the story of Elijah. Elijah was a great prophet. I mean, but there is a section where he asked God to take his life. He literally says, I've had too much of this. Please, Lord, just let me die. And within that, there's a prescription I call for things we need to do when we feel that way. Feeling overwhelmed is pretty human. And a champion like Elijah felt overwhelmed. In that particular text, it's right there. God says, get some rest, eat some bread, wait a while till you can see all the prophets I have hidden in caves for you. So it reminds me that rest and eating well are prescriptions. They're given by God. That is, it's okay to have extra rest. It's okay to change your diet. In fact, it's probably necessary if you're going to really sustain a healthy lifestyle, but then recognize you exaggerate. 
when you're depressed. Elijah didn't see all those people. He thought he was all alone. And many times that's exactly how we feel when we're depressed. We think we're all alone. We think that problem is the biggest thing in the world. So again, very practical information based on scripture. Don't make any decisions. You're not in your right mind. You're going to exaggerate or you're going to think something else is greater than it really is. Take it from Elijah, a great prophet we celebrate. I also talk about Jesus. I believe when Jesus cried out, asking God, why had he forsaken him? Those sounds like the words of a depressed person, a person dealing with agony, dealing with the stress and overwhelmingness of life, even when you're on your mission. Jesus was on his mission. There was no doubt in his mind what he was brought here to do, yet the pain, the suffering, the circumstances around him, I believe, made him cry out. That's a lot of times what we have to do. It's a lot of times the way we feel. When we think we're doing the right thing, we can get sideswiped by something that can overwhelm our mind or cause depression or stress and anxiety. So I think that helps people see, one, the humanity in Jesus, but also that it's okay. Jesus went through this. I'm going through this. Jesus wasn't doubting God. Jesus never gave up on God. I'm not giving up on God, but I'm recognizing and I'm saying where I am, the reality of my situation right now. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Uh, do you think there's a, um, I guess, a correlation between going through depression and wanting to be by yourself, you know, t- t- going to your own cave and yeah. not letting anyone else in there. Um, do you find a correlation between those two, being by yourself and being depressed? Yeah, I do. I think isolation can be either a cause of depression, anxiety. I think it can be a, um, a coping mechanism. And in here, I talk about some of the things of being around my friends. I am normally like you look, you said my resume. I'm normally a very jovial person. I love a big crowd. I love a great party. I love good friends and conversations. But I found during those times I was not well. When I wanted to just go to sleep, I tried to avoid my friends. I, I can say that for sure. So in here, I talk about tricks I had to do in order to make sure I went to a party. In order, I went to um, a baby shower. I still remember it like it was yesterday, and the young woman is 16 who was actually born, the woman we were celebrating her having her daughter, and that was 16 years ago. I um, didn't want to go to the shower, but these were like my close friends. So I tricked myself to go to the shower. I made sure I went somewhere else closer to the time, Um, and then I went, I didn't come home. I went somewhere else because I knew you come home, you're not going to go back out. Um, so every time I see that young girl who's 16 now, I'm like, wow, she going to that shower just gave me a little pep and I felt, I felt lifted. So that's why I write about trying to break the cycle of isolation can help your depression because being by yourself and being in your own mind and in your own space usually doesn't lift your spirits. Now, there may be some people out here that that can lift their spirits because I do think rest is a prescription as well. And usually resting can be done by yourself. But there's also a prescription where being around those who love you, who can make you laugh, who can make you just enjoy life for a second. Like the shower lasted two and a half hours probably. And we played games and For two and a half hours, I lost myself in 
the interactions of my friends. And I went home that night knowing I felt better, knowing that, you know, I may not have been cured, but I was, my spirits were lifted. So isolation is key to, to break and figure out, does it make you better or do you need to push yourself and trick yourself is what I call it to get out there. Yeah, and and uh, certainly we don't want to. I don't want to give all the book away, but this is. I know the book is not a one-time it's read, and it's a fix-it, right? It's right. not a fix-it one time. There are steps that you give that have helped you personally Absolutely. to get through these trials. Yep. And Tony, since the book has been written and published, there are days I've gone to certain devotions in here. Last week, to last week, I think it was, I went to the devotion and it was called Rhythms of Grace, Unforced Rhythms of Grace. And that comes from Matthew eleven twenty eight, where Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Well, the message translation of that very verse uses the description of where he says, my yoke is easy. He says, it's unforced rhythm of grace. That's the way the message translation describes it. And just that picture helped me. Sometimes I'm trying to force something. I'm trying to make this happen. But grace is not like that. Grace flows easily and it moves with Jesus. It moves in a different pace and it's just not forced. And I needed that word for myself last week, particularly. So this has given me reason to read it over and over. I'm sure I'll need to go back to another page at some point and read more. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of folks that that are not not a lot, but some write they, they write Christian novels, Christian books, mm-hmm. Christian self help books. I guess uh, mm-hmm. they promise an instant fix, and yeah. we know that life is not like that. It, nope. It's a day by day journey, right? It, we've yeah, got to take absolutely. it day by day. It's journey is my favorite, one of my favorite words, because that's exactly what this is. This is a journey and you do have to take it day by day. And another message, I I do a lot of self-talk, but the message I tell myself, I'm not a robot, so I can't program myself to feel high today. That's not how that works. Some days I have ups and sometimes I have downs. Sometimes it's in the same day I'm having those different emotions. So really relaxing, learning to go with who you are, how you're wired. And that's all related to our creator. That's all related to God and how God has positioned us and made us. So it's it's not anti-faith. It's really all about faith. Yeah. And, and someone, they, they buy this book and what can they expect? What type of layout is it? So it, it's a, it's a 90 day. Do you it's 90, go through one it's step a, one day and then the, the next step the next day? We call it a 90 day devotional, but it's numbered one through 90. So if you want to look at the table of contents, we do have each one titled. If you're dealing with being overwhelmed, you might look in and say, oh, this title relates to being overwhelmed. I'm going to jump to that one. So you can read it from one to 90, or you can read it a card and say what I'm feeling today. Oh, I want to see what she says about friends. I have parts in here about grief. And um, my mother died kind of in the middle of my um, first serious bout of depression. And my mother was a Christian. My mother was the strongest Christian I knew, the best example of a godly woman Yet her death rocked my world. And only after writing about it do I realize that's because I never thought about grief as it related to my mother. My mother was a Christian. My mother has eternal life. 
that that's kind of like I get that. I know that for sure. So I never realized I'd be the one left with the grieving heart. I didn't realize. I feel like we've always spoke about heaven and eternal life as something positive and wonderful, which it is, except for the people who are left on earth. So I went through severe depression based on grief. And so I talk a little bit about that. I, I share some of the conversations I had with my therapist. Some of them make me laugh now because we've had some distance in there. But um, many people are going through that. And they may not even realize why they're grieving. I had one person tell me when her mother died, she told the doctor, I'm not depressed. I'm not depressed. She was trying to find some remedy for something else. And the doctor was like, I think you should doc talk to a therapist. But she was so adamant that she wasn't depressed, yet this huge thing had happened in her life. So um, when she read that, she called and talked to me and she said, wow, I think I was depressed. So I'm not trying to make everyone depressed or have the blues, but I'm trying to say it happens. And there's some things we can be aware aware of when, when it does happen. So someone out there, they're, they're either have been through a bout of depression as a believer, or, mm -hmm. we, or they will go through a bout of depression, or they know someone else that they care about, and they want to buy this book for them. Um, yeah. Do you have any practical steps that by the time they order the book and before they get it that they should take uh, to prepare themselves for the book? I'd like to also say, and you mentioned people who might want to buy for a friend who they think is depressed. I would suggest that person read it also because it's one, I love my team who made this book. It's not just depression. It's the blues. It's a blue day, a sad day. It's overwhelming. It's stress. It's anxiety. You probably fall into one of those categories. But even if you don't, one of the things I was very sure to include in my 90-day devotion is information on how to care for a friend. What are some things you can do as a friend when someone you love has depression? There's biblical advice in there. The um, young men are the, I, I picture them as young men. In the gospel message, there's a story of men who carry a friend to Jesus. They, in mm. fact, lift him up over and put him down through the roof. That's, that's some that's radical, radical help, right? So how can you be the radical help? Ask what they need. Make a meal. Invite them some places. There are some very practical ways you can be those friends who uplift your friend and make sure they get to Jesus. They may not be able to walk right now, but with four friends standing on the side of them, there's a way you can get them to Jesus. So I share information, not only for those who are suffering from depression, stress, or the blues, but also for those who love people who may be suffering from depression or the blues. They can read the book. Once you order it, it's, it's very easy to read. You can either read it in a couple of sittings, or you can read it one per day. Or look, like I said earlier, you can take a subject and, and read as you wait on it. If you're suffering today, I would say, please use my life as an example of getting through it. There's light underneath the tunnel. One of the um, quotes I say in here is, I'm not af as afraid of the dark anymore because I've overcome. I know the light is coming. I am a personal testimony of someone who often couldn't get out of bed who often used food and chocolate as my medicine because I was so low. I know through prayer, continuing to press, incorporating some of the real life practical steps I include in my book, 
you can get through it. It's it's not the end. You won't feel like that always. There is help. Yeah, and I'm curious, Katera, what type of feedback have you gotten from this book? I have really enjoyed the feedback I've gotten. Um, some from very close personal friends, people who know me. Um, people have said it's refreshing. It's real. It's your story, just that you are extremely vulnerable. I mailed a copy to my father. I was a little <laughs> afraid to share with him because I didn't know if he knew all about me, but um, he, he too enjoyed it. Other family members have enjoyed it. So yeah, the, the um, reviews are coming in very strong. People are saying, this is the book I needed. And this book has helped me. So. Well, I'll definitely put the links below the video, and I just I, I highly encourage you because uh, we all go through the blues. It may be not yep. deep bouts of depression, but we all go through the blues. I encourage you to order this book mm-hmm. and just be blessed by it. Um, Katera, what it, just bottom line? What what do you want folks to get from this book if they order it? Uh, it certainly, it's helped you in your life. These steps. Yep. How do how do you want to bless others through this book? Tony, how I want to bless others through this book and just in general, because at the end of the day, it's not just about selling a book. Yes, selling the book helps me produce more books. But um, honestly, it's a message that I believe God called me to share um, in the realest form. He took me through it. He has me to deal with it. As I said earlier, I'm a much more compassionate person. Um, I understand there's complexities in life. There are trials and tribulations that can really sideswipe you. Again, there's chemicals, there's hereditary stuff, there's all kinds of ways and reasons for depression or mental illness or just a slip, simply a blue day. Um, So my message, again, is to keep going. And there is help. I don't know the cure. If I knew the cure, I'd swing a magic wand around, but I know there's help. And I know There's help in overcoming and getting through it if you just keep going. If you keep looking for the answers, keep keep your faith intact. Pray, pray often. Um, Utilize the scriptures and the stories within the scriptures to to help you keep pressing on. Amen. And uh, so, Katera, what's next on your agenda? What do you have on your agenda? You know, I am doing a couple of side projects, a couple of um, ghostwriting projects. Nothing for me right now, but I have a couple of ideas that may be coming out soon. <laughs> and I guess you I assume you're keeping busy at Our Daily Bread. Is that right? I, I am keeping busy at Our Daily Bread, loving Our Daily Bread. We get to write devotions all the time as well as publish books. So. Well, Our Daily Bread is a, a wonderful, wonderful organization. I can't recommend them enough. But yeah. Katara Washington Patton, uh, she just wrote the book, uh, Navigating the Blues, Where to Turn When Worry, Anxiety, or Depression Steal Your Hope. But Katara, I'm going to ask you to hang on for just a minute post-interview, but thank you so much for coming on the program and talking about your book. 